It's sunny and 15 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Christian Oldale. Countless hours of hard work have gone into preparing for the Pope's visit to Edmonton. Despite Commonwealth already being sold out, organizers hope to make more room available at Clark Stadium. Reverend Christina Bouvet says thousands of people have made these events possible. Oh, we could have been more ready. Uh, that's come at the cost of our nerves and our sleep. Uh, but I think we are as ready as we need to be uh, to make this uh, what we hope it will be. Special arrangements are also available for residential school survivors who have not yet registered for other events. Organizers say the events are free and snacks and water are available, but they recommend bringing extra food and arriving early. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Volume is still minimal across the city. You're looking at a great drive if you're headed out this morning. If you're over in the southwest, look out for some road work happening at Boat Trail in Strathcona Boulevard, Old Coach Road. That is a busy area for drivers, so definitely keep that in mind if you're headed out that way. Again, if you're up in the northwest, look out at 16th Avenue and Stony Trail. That's a very busy area, especially in those eastbound lanes where ongoing construction ties things up. So look out for that, especially if you're coming back in from the mountains for the weekend. Hey Saver, at Save on Foods, they've got low prices every day in every aisle. This week, get fresh whole chicken, twin pack, only $1.95 per pound at Save on Foods. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Haley Thompson. When Pope Francis arrives in Canada today, where he's expected to beg forgiveness for Catholic-run residential schools, a team of translators will be dedicated to making sure no words are lost for those receiving the apology. Henry Patanawakwat is on that team and will translate the Pope's words into the Ojibwe language. Even though his mother was a residential school survivor, he says it's important to not let his own feelings get in the way as he translates the Pope's words into a language children were once punished for using. Back again are the smells in and around Calgary Southeast communities. Ward 12 residents are saying the smell is back on in full force, and while the issue has had a lot of discussion and research put into it, pinpointing the specific source has proven difficult. Councillor Evan Spencer says the issue with this is that it's intermittent nature and the possibilities for where the smell is coming from. With things like the wetlands, at this point, there's very little we can do because they're protected. And uh, those in particular, we just have to endure. Spencer says he hopes in the future they can get a little bit better at identifying all the unique and individual sources, sources of the smell to make reporting it a little easier and mitigation can be done. And Russia is insisting it only hit military targets in Odessa, Ukraine. The attack came only a day after Moscow signed an agreement with the United Nations, Turkey, and Ukraine to allow grain from Odessa and other Black Sea ports to be shipped abroad. Patrick Revel reports. Russia first telling Turkey's defense minister it had nothing to do with these strikes, but now confirming they did fire a missile. The attacks casting doubt on the agreement, further threatening grain exports and global food supply. U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine Bridget Brink calling the attacks outrageous. In a tweet writing, the Kremlin continues to weaponize food. Russia must be held to account. A spokesman for the Russian Defense Ministry says yesterday's attack on Odessa destroyed a docked Ukrainian warship and a warehouse containing anti-ship missiles. Taking a look at sports, Calgary Flames GM Brad Tree Living says he's not happy with shots being taken at the city of Calgary. In a media appearance yesterday, Tree Living says the loss of stars like Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau is no reflection on the quality of the city. Quite frankly, I think the city and us as an organization have taken some body shots. Quite frankly, it pisses me off. Uh, this is a wonderful community. I think anybody that lives here is privileged to live in a wonderful community. Gaudreau left in free agency for the Columbus Blue Jackets, while the Flames traded Kachuk to Florida on Friday. Global News Sky Tracker weather, mainly sunny with some clouds late in the afternoon, a high of 28 today. 
Rain tonight in 13, and a chance of showers tomorrow with a high of 21. It's 15 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Christian Oldale. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening, July the 24th. And we've had a fair bit of heat coming into this uh, this weekend. So, again, great time to get the soaker hoses out, give those big trees in your yard some uh, well-needed uh, moisture into the ground. It's that slow, deep watering that we talked about. And uh, I know I get a lot of people saying, oh, I got irrigation. But typically when you're watering with your irrigation for 20 minutes to a half hour, you're going to water the top one to two inches at the most of your of your tree roots. So you want to just water your trees individually, um, either with the soaker hose or let the hose out there and uh, just soak in really slowly. So we're not wasting our water because it is expensive here in Calgary to, to water our trees. So we want to ensure that we're, we're getting the most of it uh, as it's uh, it's uh, one of those things that we're going to need for our trees to keep fulfilling all those beautiful leaves and, and everything. I know uh, seeing lots of big growth and on top of your aspens and that you'll start seeing the top leaves get really big. And what that is, is they actually turn into like solar panels for the tree, just sucking in all that energy down into the tree. So, You'll have normal sized leaves all the way along, but on the top, you'll see the the top new ones will get three or four or five times as big as the rest of the leaves on the tree. And that's just to work like big solar panels. So, and I'm getting a few texts, seeing lots of fire blight. Um, so it's, I had one earlier too. Good morning, Merle. What happened to our apple tree? Um how did I get rid of it? I have four apple trees in my yard and they all have it. It's um, when you start seeing those ends curl over, it looks like a, like a cane or a hook and they kind of turn like a black charcoal and they get soft. It's fire blight. So that really needs to get cut out um, as it is quite contagious. And if it gets into your tree, you're going to lose all of your trees. Um, so it does need to be pruned out and, and treated with a copper spray. Or something like that after a lot of times you'll see it come right after a rain is it, it, the spores will be on the on the tree and then when it rains it activates that spore and then you'll get that uh uh nasty virus on there which is not good so get the fire blight so i've seen that on two texts already so i'm uh thinking we're gonna have a bit of an outbreak of the fire blight so we want to get out there treat your trees you can if you have some apple trees you might want to get some bordeaux or copper spray spray on them and that's the important thing about keeping your trees clean and well pruned and well structured it really helps avoid a lot of this stuff so um, if you can try to try to do that and as usual i'm gonna uh check in with Jen. She's down in the greenhouse down at Spruce It Up. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. I was, uh, How are you? I'm doing well. I was listening to your fire blight um, discussion. We had customers in yesterday. Um, I yeah. Sent them over to Terry seeing, and that was, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's a bummer. This, yeah, and it's very contagious when you are pruning yeah. with, your, with your pruners. 
you need to clean your pruners between each thing. Um, it's in between each cut. It's it's just very contagious. So we want to, mm-hmm. yeah. And at this it's time of year, and it, it is sad too because you don't even know you have it. Right. And then all of a sudden, your you, those spores, like I said, will be on your tree, and then we'll get a rain or something, and it's just like that activates it, and then boom, your tree the next day is wilting over. It just it's that quick. So can you get on top of it? You know, if it's already yeah. in your yard and, and, and like, is there some saving grace with that if you get right on it? Yeah, if you get on it right away, yes. Um, okay. If it gets in there too bad, you're, you're, you're going to lose your tree. Oh, um, okay. Um, but that's where good pruning, airflow going through. Right. Um, disregarding that kind of thing. I'm just trying to get a hold of Mark and see if he can just call in. Um, disregarding the fire blight, see if he's available this morning. Yeah. Because it's just something I want to chat with him about what they're doing about it out there. Good idea. And uh, yeah, because it's something yeah. that uh, we definitely want to uh, address for all our listeners because we don't want to lose our. We have some great looking apple trees out there in our city. Yeah. So we don't wanna, yeah, we don't want to lose those. And it can um, go from species to species, right, Merle? Yeah, well, more in the prunus family. It'll stay like in the apples okay. and things like that. Some yeah. of the plums will get it. Well, I see. Sort of more of the fruit um, tend to get the fire blight. Um, right. Unfortunately, that's why I do like the gladiator crab as an ornamental crab. It's fire blight resistant. Okay. Um, so the gladiator is sort of one of our favorite um, trees that we recommend for for Calgary. Just uh, to help with that fire blight nasty thing. Mm-hmm. So what's so in your section you still still got you still got some annuals I see. We're still I see oh, like do. yesterday I seen some gorgeous annuals going out yesterday. Like nice pots, nice things looking. So Yeah, those great. moss hanging baskets, the planters, and somebody finally scooped. I'm kind of bummed because it was looking really full and pretty. <laughs> But the one, the planter with the dahlias and the canna in the center yeah. by the front, somebody grabbed that yesterday. They had a, a good eye for that. So that was, uh, so that's gone, but things are coming in full, which is really nice to see. I know all of us are impressed with the cannas. Um, they had such a hard start in the beginning. And yeah. of course, the hail came as well, but now they're looking amazing. Yeah, and if you're if you happen to go in the tree lot right now, it's, it's kind of crazy. It looks really, really good. But right tree in the front lot. of the tree lot, yeah, yeah, Terry did. Uh, <laughs> well, Terry did a, a. It's in a big cast iron urn pot. So he planted some of your uh, double calibricola, like the yeah. pink ones, yeah, gorgeous. Yeah. And they're draping. And all he put in the middle was a king tut. Yeah. So it just it looks amazing in that pot because it just it looks does. like a huge bouquet of these uh, calibricola, the million bells, but the double ones. It that that pot is stunning. Like just a very simple. Two plants, like it's you don't need to, um, and I tend to put too much in sometimes in mine because like, I I usually do mine sort of near the end of the season, so I grab right. sort of a few what's left over here and there and try different things. Um, but there's one that just super simple, great look at like that that it just looks stunning. It's just right in the front of when you go into it the is green, fantastic. In, into yeah, the, and- into the tree lot. Terry has a good eye. Um, do you know what else is out there? I thought we were going to talk about right off the start because that's been a been a fan favorite um, with our customers and their cameras, the incredible hydrangeas that came in. Oh, 
They're like basketballs. <laughs> <laughs> people are, well, including us, but um, it's fun to watch people walk by and take a picture with their head beside. Uh, almost everybody takes a picture of those. Yeah. Like, and these are hydrangeas that are hardy for our area. They're called Incredible. Um, and they will die back to the ground every year and then come back from the from the ground up. But these are gorgeous, and this big, like they're it's like honestly, hey, Jen, like some of them are close, like they're as big as a soccer ball, and some are getting close to basketball size blooms. Unreal, these incredibles, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have a nice light scent too, um, but they're a fantastic flower. Yeah, I, I did that yesterday too. I stuck my nose it? in there, and I was like, yeah. wow, there's a, actually really nice fragrance. Yeah, and they are. So, but if you do, if you're going to grow those incredibles, the best thing to do. So next spring, when they die back, um, when they just start out, when you cut them up, you or you cut them down to the ground, cleaning up your spring cleanup. Mm-hmm. Put a great big peony ring over top of that. For sure. So and then let it grow into the peony ring, and then the peony ring will disappear as the plant will grow. And but what that peony ring will do, it'll support those great big. Um, blooms, because when you're getting basketball-sized blooms in Calgary, our wind, we get that nasty wind going and twirling around our yards. It'll, <laughs> it's, it, it makes those things lean over and it's hard for them to recover. Sure. Or yeah. when we get our heavy rains, um, it'll push those hydrangea blooms down. So if you um, if you if you have that support, it'll just it makes all the difference. But put them in before the plant grows because right. it's really hard to try to put one over top of over top of a fully grown plant. Oh, now, has anybody so. tried that? I've tried that in the past with oh. peonies. It's a disaster. <laughs> Your tomato. Oh, like, forget oh, it. Oh, yeah. I was going to put a tomato ring on that yeah. one. It was six <laughs> inches high. Now we'll it's just four let it feet. Fall. Yeah. yeah, but um, Terry was explaining too this particular variety. It has. Um, the design to have a sturdier stem to help with that as well, you know, in terms yeah. of hydrangeas overall, so which is good. So, it, it, And it is nice. A lot of our growers, um, growing partners that we work with, they've been working really hard um, trying to bring good varieties over from Europe and, they, and a lot of times from Asia up in the mountains and, and things like that. They bring things together and doing some some breeding they they hybrid some of these ones but mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff is found from zone threes in europe and asia that they bring over here that's where we're finding a lot of these different um hydrangeas and different plant material that they bring to us here in north america um and a lot it takes about 10 years a lot of times too because they have to go through trials right and get certified and then the proper zoning where does it survive um, so it, it takes so a bit cool. of time to, to get something from like when they see it, they like, wow, that we're going to get that into production to the time when it gets into production. It, it takes probably about 10 years. So that's huge. And then is that where the quick fire comes from yeah. as well? Is that yeah. a Europe thing? Yeah. 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 A lot of those all came from Europe. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of amazing, and it's uh, without those growers. So sometimes a lot of the stuff that you see, well, well I'm paying forty dollars or a hundred dollars right. or sixty dollars. There's been a lot of years to get it to that point to to, to get that shrub to a point where they get into full production mm-hmm. and then get the quantities that we we all want. Because once we see stuff like that, it goes quick. I know, like Terry brought in a hundred of those things all the hydrangeas oh, all together and like I think half gorgeous. of them went in the first two days. So Yeah, they're uh, gorgeous. And the quick fires and the little quick fires right beside 
the Incredibles. They're just beautiful. I was looking at those this morning. They're such a pretty well, little sight, too. We haven't seen, and that's the problem with the plant, with with what's gone on over the last couple of years, just with mm-hmm. the demand on the plant material. Right. Um, we've delved into our 2023, 2024 stock already. Like, like they're pulling wow. stuff forward um, into into production earlier. It's just because oh. there's so much demand. We used to like those big 10-gallon ones that we got, those Incredibles and those quick fires. Mm-hmm. That used to be a normal thing like seven, eight years ago. We'd get them even bigger than that, and they'd oh. just be perfect. Like that would be that big. It would be normal 10-gallon all day long. Right. And we could get as sort of as many as we wanted. Um, but now to get them in a 10-gallon like that, it's just like we don't see them anymore like that yeah. size. So when we yeah. see those come up, I know Terry jumped on them right away. And, oh, uh, they're very yeah. special. Yeah, yeah, very special. So nice. anyway, so lots of stuff. So we've uh, converted some of the annual stuff. You guys got lots of uh, all your the garden decor and mats and pots and solar lights. And, and those wind that. spinners, people are really loving those little wind spinners. They're, they're buy one, get one half off for those small ones. So it's... Um, they, uh, yeah, they're so cute, and people have been lapping those up too. Which yeah, is actually, I, I did get hooked into that too. I, I bought <laughs> one of the Tree of Life ones, and then uh, and then whatever I got one other one. I can't remember which one. I actually I got the Sun one as well. Yes, you did so, get the Sun one. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So somebody bought one of those f- yesterday. I had to figure yeah. out how to unfold it so you get that good look when it spins, so it gives you it's that cool. rotation. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um. Nice. So. If you if you're doing annuals, um, good time to fertilize right now. F- get on your weekly fertilizer. Hundred percent. That's what I keep telling people too. Um, yeah, don't be shy. Keep fertilizing. Keep watering. Stay on top of it. You can trim some stuff back. I know you and I had talked about that before. Yeah. Um, you know, you can just kind of keep it a little more compact and get rid of those seeds, right? So some petunias. It depends on the variety. Or um, oh gosh, just try and keep the seeds back as well so that they, the plant doesn't think that it's done, especially if you're not using your herbs. Um, if you're like me <laughs> and it's trying to yeah. get a flower, keep it from going to flower and just cut that yeah. off. So, and yeah. uh, your canna lilies, all those ones, the deadheading, they'll just keep pumping those flowers and makes oh, all the 100%. difference when you do that. So 100%. And, a minor dis- and they only last on those canna lilies two or three days. Right. And then they oh, start going striking. brown disc. Yeah, just cut them down, though, at that time. Cut those um, blooms off. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to. It's hard, right? They kind of like – but it's it's well worth it because you'll get more and more coming. So Yeah, so, no, that's exactly right. Someone's trying to call you. Someone's trying to call me? I know. <laughs> 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 no, um, okay. so, so anything else you want to pass on right now for uh, for listeners in, the, in your uh, section? Well, or? the annual sale still applies. I know people are taking advantage of that. You can mix or match your annuals, whether it's – you know, the moss hanging baskets or the planters or a small little three-inch um, annual. So up to five items and you get 50% off. So you may as well take advantage. We've still got tomatoes that are actually doing the work for you. We've got um, little pepper plants and hanging baskets, and um, I've made sure they're all good. <laughs> if anybody's curious, we still have I, a couple of strawberry planters too, Merle. Yeah, and actually I planted some of those muskmelon and uh, oh, you did. the mini, mini watermelons in yeah. my tomato pot. So you should see them. They're just crawling all over. Like It's amazing how fast they grew. But I oh, got, that's uh, awesome. 
Yeah, so I'm going to see. Hopefully, I get uh, I get my Sun Gold tomatoes, yeah. and and then I have uh, those watermelons and muskmelon in there. So hopefully, mm-hmm. we, uh, yeah. Just yeah. just quick question. I got a text here. Do you have any bonsais in stock? Oh yes, we do. We have some. Okay. Um, yeah, we ficus and juniper bonsai for sure. Okay, and we yeah. have lots of succulents, and they're just asking if we have a. Um, tropicals like jades. We have all kinds of different succulents. All kinds so. of things. Yeah, come on in, and we're still getting some new things too. So, and and we just want to say hi. We had uh, a gentleman in yesterday with his parrot. Yeah, he was. He'd come in, and I, it almost sounded like he said hello, Merle. I don't know if he trained it to say oh, that. Oh, I don't came. know. I think it was hello, Jen. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, no, that was uh, awesome. It's Thank it's amazing bringing. what you want what you want to hear. Yeah, yeah so I just wanted yeah. to say thanks. Uh, um, and I, I, sorry, I forgot. I think it was Bill. I can't remember. Sorry. That was Dave. I, Wasn't it Dave? Dave. Yeah. Sounds like a SCTV skit. Hey, Dave, are you home? No. <laughs> <laughs> Bill or Dave? No, that was um, very fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, he brought his uh, parent and he's with the Parrot Society. And it it is, and like he, he made some very serious points and birds go with the garden. So we can talk about this very shortly is that it's a lifetime commitment when you do yeah. those kind of things, right? Like mm-hmm. a parrot um, and this gentleman's probably 60 and his parrot was only like 30 and he goes, it'll live to 90. So he, he already has plans for the parrot. He goes, it's arrangements already made. So right. um, if he has to deal with that at some time, the, the parrot, uh, We'll go. So, I don't know. It's just sort of cool. And uh, we love with that. We had dogs in there yesterday. We had parrots. So, it was um, a blast. If do, yeah. If you do bring your dogs in, please make sure they're controlled because um, we are in confined spaces and with other people in the public. So, we we welcome people to bring their pets, but please make sure that they're under control and just, mm-hmm. just well-behaved and things like that. Just normal stuff. Um, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, Jen. Thank Again, you, uh, Yeah. Um, stop in to spruce it up. Say hi to Jen. She's in the greenhouse along with the rest of the team there. And I will say it looks unbelievable right now. And I'm not one just to toot our own horns, but it looks so good. <laughs> you walk out and we have the ice cream stand. We have the scoop it up. Um, you go to the tree lot. You walk around. I had so many people yesterday just say, this place, it looks amazing, and it just yeah. has such a good vibe right now. So, anyways, good job to yeah, good job to everybody at Spruce. Thanks for all your nice. efforts and uh, and great things that you guys are doing down there. So, all right, nice. thanks, Jen. Okay. Bye, Merle. Bye, bye. All right, I'm going to take a break, and then we'll get to the calls. 403-974-8255. If you want to join me, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Cottage Year-Round Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. How can I help you today? Well, I have a problem with beet leaves. This year, I've got all my herbs and vegetables in a raised garden several feet off the ground, and this year they're all under a row cover. But yep. something obviously got under there or in there because the leaves of the beet, several of the leaves are um, 
gray discolored yeah you got that leaf miner in there and it 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 starts out as a fly and you maybe just didn't get the cover on soon enough i had the same thing it gets into our spinach now um our swiss chard and beets and things that love our bigger foliage leaves like that and it's just a leaf miner and there's it's more obviously it's worse with the um like the Swiss chard and that when you're eating the leaves and a lot of people do like to eat, eat the beet leaves. Um, but yeah, it's just, once it's in there, if you look in there, you'll see that there's a little, a worm or a little maggot thing sort of crawling through the leaf, just eating the leaf from the inside out. Okay. So so do I just cut the leaves off? Yeah. Just cut them off as best you can and just dispose of them. Yeah. Cause it, it doesn't affect the beet itself, right? No. No, because you're not, but some people do, I guess, if they're going to eat the beet leaves, which some people do, it does affect it that way. But your beets should be fine. Um, So you're better to remove them as much as you can, especially if you have the row covers, because that will keep the reinfestation. And then just dispose of those leaves right away, like just uh, throw them right into the garbage so they don't spread. Listen, how long do those insects last? I mean, are they there all season? They can last quite a bit, so okay. they like till you get them out till the leaf is gone. Then they kind of gone. But I actually I got to go. I got to take a break. Um, thank you so much, Carol. Bye bye. Thank All you. Right. I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and 16 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9:30. I'm Christian Oldale. Pope Francis is expected to arrive at Edmonton International Airport shortly before 11.30 this morning. He will have been flying for over 10 hours on a direct flight from, flight from Rome when his state-owned Italian A330 touched down at EIA. His delegation will total about 120 people. The official UCP leadership candidate list is out and seven have qualified. The party says Leela Ahir, Brian Jean, Todd Lowen, Rajan Sani, Rebecca Schultz, Daniel Smith, and Travis Taze have all met requirements to run. And repair work is now complete for TC Energy's Keystone Pipeline system. On Sunday, the company reported there was damage done from a third party to the power supply to a facility. They were still able to keep systems running while repair work was being done, but at a reduced rate. Mainly sunny with some clouds late in the afternoon and a high of 28 today. Rain tonight in 13 and a chance of showers tomorrow with a high of 21. It's 16 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Christian Oldale. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening and got a couple of quick texts on on uh, house plants with aphids. We are going to see lots of aphids right now. So the best thing to do is if you can take that mature hibiscus outside or any of your plants, if you have um, aphids on them, give them a good hosing off with a, a little bit of pressure nozzle, not a full blast, but a good one. Spray them with Pure Spray Green or an endol. If you use any of the insecticidal soaps, you need to rinse it off. The pure spray green, you don't have to. Um, but you need to do it every five days. And there's a couple other ones that have the uh, active ingredient, like the chrysanthemum. And there's a couple sprays that we have. I'm just getting uh, Jaden to send me a couple pictures of that as well, of what, what the other products are that we have for the aphids. As uh, this is the time of year when you're going to see it, all that new growth, the aphids just love it. 
And if you have leaf hop, if you have any of the vines, um, like the Virginia creeper hops, right now you definitely want to start spraying them every five days to once a week um, for the next three or four weeks just to stop that infestation of of leaf hoppers. And you want to start before you see them coming as they, they once they get in there, they cause so much damage to your leaves and and they just look uh, they just look really ratty after that hard to recover from the from the leaf hoppers they just suck all the all the juices out of the leaves which is not very good let's go to the phone line we're going to go to Shirley good morning Shirley hi hi i have a uh, tree well actually it was a bush but it's turned into a tree and uh, we've cut it down my son cut it down, and that thing is just defiant. It has uh, just shoots all over the place. Well, what kind of tree was it? Like a poplar or something? Or no, no, no. Schubert? It, it was a. It, it was an ornamental shrub, but uh, it, it it turned into a tree. But it it because it, it had a, a a good eight inch, uh, well six inch trunk. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of times when you cut something down. What happens, it almost works like when I say to rejuvenate a shrub. Like yeah. When you cut it down to the, to the ground, you remove all that dead wood. But the root is very much alive. So very. It, it, yeah, so it'll send out all that energy that it used to use to, to leaf out all that big tree. Now all that energy is going towards all those suckers. So you need to, to – you can, you can kill the stump. We have, we have a stump killer that That's you can what I use. Need. Yeah. Or you can get the stump grinded out as well, or or just dig it out. So. <laughs> well, we can't. Uh, it's it, I, I have it's in amongst some rocks. Yeah, I so I would just get guard. the stump rot. Yeah. So a, a stump a killer is what I'll just get. And you just yeah. drill it in there. Yep, yeah, you drill the holes in, and and then you put the product inside. Just follow the directions, and you should be good, good. to go. Okay, well, the hydrangeas. You were talking about them. How, Oh, what? How how do I get it blooming again? It was a gorgeous one in May. Um, was it one of the house plants, like a blue or a pink one or something? It was a huge, big blue one, and I yeah. Was, so yeah, those ones aren't hardy, so they're more like a house plant. Those ones we use at Easter and things like that. Yeah. So you can just cut the blooms off, and then hopefully it'll send out another set of blooms here. Just put it out, lots of sun, keep watering it, fertilize 15, 30, 15. Yeah. Okay, I've got a tree that I need to kill and a hydrangea I need to grow. Yep, there you go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Merle. All right, take yeah. care. Thanks, Shirley. You too. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to go to Sylvia. Good morning, Sylvia. Oh, hi, Merle. Um, hi there. Hi, I bought, I got about three weeks ago, I planted some raspberries some new uh, new growth ones and some rhubarb. I'm just I'm not sure how to fertilize them or how often. Um, so those you want to fertilize sort of once a week, help get the roots going, get them established, and you want to water them well first, and then yeah, just I'm use doing like that, a 15, yeah, 15, 30, 15, 15, 30, 15. You want the higher middle number or a 10, 52, 10. Is that for both, like for the rhubarb and the raspberries? Absolutely. Yep. This, yep. Okay. And yep. how often would I do that now? I would do it sort of once a week until the mid-August, and then you can stop. 
Oh, okay. So if you give them a couple more shots before yeah, the fall. Yeah, I put compost in with them too. So should that, I keep adding great. compost or no? No, no, no. Just the one time now and then you can amend the soil once a year is probably Oh, lots. okay then. Thank you. Alrighty. Thank you. You're have welcome. a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. And I think I got enough time here. I'll do one more. We're going to go to Claudia. Good morning, Claudia. Morning, Merle. Um, I have How can I help you? Ohio Buckeye tree that I bought from you oh, years beautiful. ago. Beautiful. And it is beautiful. It's, uh, it's turned out to be a, a lovely tree. Uh, and I have a a baby Buckeye. Okay. And I did it. Did it grow from one of the seed pods? You think or uh, it did. Awesome. But it was it was kind of kept under. You know, a, a plant in my flower bed, and I discovered it this spring. And I dug it out, and I put it in a pot because I have no, I have no place for another tree. Okay. And I thought I'd, I'd try and establish it and give it to my daughter in Kelowna. But how do I winter it? It's hard to winter in a pot um, unless you bury the pot outside in the yard or something. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you just dig a hole put the pot in the ground and kind of mulch it over? All right. Cause it, it, right now it's got about two sets of leaves. That's, that's all it has. It's like, yeah, so it's fairly small still. It's still very, very small. It's, yeah, but same way, it's just if you leave it up and exposed, um, it, it'll just be harder to winter. So what what I would do is just, is just put the whole pot and all, everything into the ground and uh, and then just... Just let it grow in the ground inside the pot until it, next spring, until you want to pull it out and uh, and to take it out to Kelowna. Well, when do you think it's the safest time to move it? I would like to see it a little bit bigger than it yeah. is now. Well, yeah, but out there, it, it, it'll, it'll grow really quickly. So if it's established and if it's doing well, like this fall would be a great time to do it as well. Um, uh, or early, early spring. So... Um, it, it's in about a six-inch pot right now, which is, and I can see the roots are starting to want to come out. And I, okay, I would I would transplant it into like a two-gallon pot. Okay, that's a least. big hole to dig. Yeah, not not too bad, but yeah, a little bit bigger. It's sort of like about eight inches by about ten inches deep. Yeah, and then it should be okay. I can't just uh, put it in the shed during the winter and just leave it. There. No, I I, I just I, you you could, but to, the best way to do it is to put okay. it in the ground. You just want to keep it frozen. The biggest thing is if you leave it above ground when we get our Chinooks or if yeah. we have a really dry fall, there's okay. a good chance that that soil will dry out and desiccate. And yeah. that's the reason why we want to keep it frozen. And by keeping it in the ground, there's a lot better chance of that. So, okay. okay. Or go visit your daughter in the fall and they get a little longer extended fall. They could plant it out there in the fall, and it'll well, grow perfect I'm for them in the spring. next week, but I, I think it's too early to move this thing. I don't know what you think. Yeah, actually, if, if you're seeing roots in there, and if you transplanted it like today, it'd probably be totally fine to move out there. Okay. okay. While well, she well, waters we'll it, they got the heat out live. there, right? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Claudia. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. If you want to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. 
And I'm going to go to the phone line. If you want to join me, we have a few spots open. 403-974-8255. I'm going to go to Craig. Good morning, Craig. Hi. Good morning. How can I help you? I've got a ash tree that's half dead, half alive. It's got okay. uh, curled up leaves, and there's a little, like, looks like a maggot when you open it. Yeah, you sort of got the leaf rollers going on in there. Would pure spray green work? It, it would work, but BTK is better for that. Okay. Um, right. You get the the worms going and the little and the more of the caterpillar type thing. The BTK works a little bit better. All right. Just ensure that you give it when it starts suffering a bit like that. Make sure you give it a little extra water to set slow deep watering, and then maybe oh, a little okay. shot of uh, of Rage Plus or something just help get it through that. Because um, that, that yeah, I, those things are sucking all the juices out of it. Okay. Um, and there's some uh, purple sage. When can I transplant that? I think it's called sal- salvia or salvia or something. Yeah. Salvia. Um, best to do it early spring. You can do it in the fall if okay. you have to do it. Um, in the midsummer you can, but because uh, they have quite a fibrous root system, um, okay. just make sure you get as, do it early, early in the morning when it's nice and cool. Right. And uh, try and get as much of a, of a root ball as you can get. Um, okay, just a, another real quick one. I got a pussy willow, didn't get many leaves, and now some of them are curled up and dried up. It's Lots of pussy sound, willows, no leaves. Yeah, that's. Uh, it sounds like it could have gotten maybe a little bit dry. Yeah, um, okay. okay. Those typically, they, they like it a little bit moister. Um, okay. So if it just didn't get enough water, I would say that's probably the main culprit of that. Um, oh, nice thing oh. about them, they're pretty easy to propagate. So if you do have some good healthy leaves, you can just cut some of those off and uh, you can stick them in water or whatever, and they'll root up actually really quick. I got about a, a three-foot one. I was uh, cutting a few pussy willows from one of the local ponds, and then I got myself a nice pussy willow tree that I'm going to plant in the yard <laughs> um, from awesome. those cuttings. So they propagate really easy, most of the willows. So Great. Thank you very much. All right. Take care. Thanks, Greg. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go to Edith. Good morning, Edith. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help you? Uh, Well, we've got, uh, we're on a farm north of east of Calgary, and we've got a lot of spruce trees. And they've got just an overabundance of uh, pine cones on them this year. Some of the tops are even bending over. They're so loaded. Is there any reason for that? (coughs) It's not um, everyone, but it's quite a few of them. Yeah, most it, it, actually, I'm seeing it everywhere. Like trees all over Calgary, sort of the southern Alberta, <coughs> are just loaded with cones. And a lot of it is it's a drought. Um, when they're stressed out, they send out extra cones. So those really dry falls we've had the last couple of years, it's sort of sending a panic into the spruce trees, where they think something like they're. They're worried that if we have more and more drought, they're going to get killed off. So they send out a bunch of seeds to help reproduce their population. Okay. We kind of thought that's what it was because we were very very dry in our area. Okay. Well, we just wondered if there's any other reason for it. No, that's the main reason. Um, It does concern me, though, because I do see it on trees even where it's not dry. So it's kind of – it's interesting how – how they're all doing it. Like I see it on golf courses and things too, like where they get lots of irrigation Yes. and they're still doing it too. So it's kind of interesting 
like I said, I don't know if the trees know something we don't or something. But yeah, I it's just, uh, uh, quite interesting nature, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and uh, and sometimes you, you do got to pay attention to what it's doing and have a look. So, yeah. but they that's mainly it. So try and get some more water, and if you can, bark mulch under spruce trees is a big difference, like underneath the drip line. Okay. If you can put bark mulch underneath there, it just helps really hold the moisture in, keeps okay. the roots cooler. Mm-hmm. So things like that work well. Okay. Thank you. All right. You're very welcome. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. And I'm going to go to a text. It says, I have a bunch of little dark sesame-sized beetles on my hollyhocks that could be ticks. Where can I take some to be identified? <clears throat> no, you can bring them into most garden centers. Um, just make sure you put them into a Ziploc bag so that you don't bring them in and spread them all over a garden center. I, I have a feeling that they're probably just the tiny little um, aphids. When they, a lot of times they turn black like that, they get a little dark color, and they're about that size. So my guess, if you have lots of them, you, you have aphids. If you want to just take a close-up picture of it, you can just text it to the same picture as well, to the same phone number, sorry, that 403-974-8255, and I should be able to identify that. But I'm guessing you probably just have aphids as well. So a good hosing down, pure spray green um, would work really well, and that would be awesome, and you should be looked after. If you want to join me after the break here, phone lines are wide open, 403 974 8255. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and the phone lines are wide open, 403. 403- Nine seven four eight two five five. If you want to join me, and I'm going to do a few texts here, and I uh, like this. <laughs> um, coming coming to spruce it up to buy this. What is the name of this bush? Those are alpine currants. Just be careful with those in the shade. They can get the powdery mildew fairly easy. So just be careful, and then watch the irrigation. Um, um, spraying on the leaves, try and use more of a soaker hose and in some of those ones that get that, but the ketone or that uh, alpine current, it can get that uh, uh, fairly easy. So uh, you want to watch that for sure. And what else do I got? A few other texts here. Hello. Can I use pure spray green for control of ants and lawns? Yes, you can. So what you do is just rake it really good. You sort of see where your ants are. And then you just do it what we call a soil drench. And so you're going to mix up the, a mixture of the pure spray green into a, like a watering can. And then you just soak it into the soil and just water it really well like that. And, uh, and that will definitely help. We also have uh, nematodes um, for ants as well that you can use. And then we have a few of the really good um, ant out products. That you can that works very well as well. Getting lots of pictures. Um, good morning, Merle. Don't know what this is or what to do about it. Can you help? The tree seems to be rotting. The first pick. So what it is? It's these are big old 
um, Aspens. And what it is, it's just past damage. Like there was probably maybe some sort of, uh, when it's down at the base, maybe an improper pruning, something was cut off. Or or when I see big dents on the tree at near the base on the first top feet, when it was smaller, um, someone maybe ran into it with a lawnmower or a weed whipper. And and then that damage just gets worse and worse as it goes. Um, I would just try and keep those wounds clean, treat them with a like a copper spray. You could try to fill those holes in with a product called Lac Balsam. And what it is, it's a bark replacement product, and you could just fill those holes in. And what it will, it'll just help keep it clean. So what happens is, in those crevices, the stuff gets in there, and that's where those funguses can grow, and it, it'll start rotting the tree um, from the inside out. And uh, that's kind of what you got going, unfortunately, with those big aspens. And uh, it, it will eventually, the tree will rot. So you got to watch that. If you start seeing it waving in the wind a bit too much, um, it could become a little bit dangerous as those are getting quite big. So um, have a look at that. And and then and see what you got going there. And I got another one with the aspens here. This is what's going on with my columnar aspens. What do I do? Um, basically, we got a bit of these are just crispy ends, and so it's a little bit different than what I normally see. A lot of times, we'll start seeing the leaf miner at this time. It's just when you like you have them growing very tight. I just think they're getting too dry. Um, so what I would ensure that you have, and it looks like you have bark mulch on the soil, ensure that those trees are getting ample water because you got them three feet apart. It makes a beautiful screen. Like, they look great. I just think they're just getting a little bit dry. So I would ensure I'd put bark mulch over top of that to make sure if you don't already and have a soaker hose. And then just really make sure that those get watered really well because – they're all fighting for the water right now and probably in a full sun when we have a dry um, summer like we're having right now, again, in this heat, it just takes a lot to keep those leaves going. So to me, that looks like you're just suffering a little bit of leaf damage just from desiccation and, uh, and that should be it. So I would just ensure they get a little more water, maybe hit them with some Rage Plus will definitely make a big difference and help. Um, uh, I like this one too. Um, it looks like our potatoes have monkeypox. This is the second year. Um, black scabs over the water. Didn't water water. Um, yeah. Um, scabs on your on your uh, potatoes. It is tough. Try to make sure you don't add too much um, nice stuff into the soil with your potatoes. Like they don't like the compost. They don't like a lot of those things. If they get too much good things in the soil, it's not great for them because it uh, becomes too rich and then you'll get a lot of that scabs and things like that happening. So um, just ensure you're using good, just good, good garden loam would be perfect. And that's it for this hour. I'm going to take a quick break. Um, if you want to join me, phone lines will be wide open. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and 18 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Christian Oldale. 
Today, the Pope's arrival and organizers of his visit say countless hours of work went into preparation. Organizer Stephen Quanti says residential school survivors who come at the last minute will have special de- special arrangements to get them there. If they can get themselves to the park and rides, and the park and ride information will be available on the website, we will endeavor to do everything we can to get them to both Massachusetts relaxing and uh, safely on time and with dignity. Organizers are also trying to make more space at Clark Stadium for the Commonwealth Mass so more people can participate. They recommend coming early to all the events and bringing extra food and water. When Pope Francis arrives in Canada and delivers his expected apology for the Catholic-run residential schools, a team of translators will be dedicated to making sure no words are lost for those listening. Henry Pitawanaquant from the Three Fires Confederacy of Manitoulin Island in Ontario is on that team and will translate the Pope's words into Ojibwe language. His mother was a residential school survivor, which he says also impacted him, and as a youth he also suffered abuse from members of the Jesuits. Still, he says it's important to him not to let his own feelings get in the way as he translates the Pope's words into a language children were once punished for using. Rob Westgate, The Canadian Press. The official UCP leadership candidate list is out, and seven have qualified. The party says Leela Ahir, Brian Jean, Todd Lowen, Rajan Sani, Rebecca Schultz, Daniel Smith, and Travis Taves all met the requirements to run. Raj Sherman did not qualify, but the party has not said why. Ron Horseman and Bill Rock withdrew from the race. The seven candidates will participate in in a debate on Wednesday in Medicine Hat. There will be another in Edmonton on August 30th. Keep a steady sleep routine. That's a key tip UFC circadian rhythm scientist Dr. Michael Antle tells 770CHQR he learned from his studies. Stop sleeping in on weekends. And the bigger the difference between when you get up during the week and when you wake up on the weekend, uh, that's what we call social jet lag. And it's kind of like when you go to the work week, it's like you're traveling to a different time zone and getting that jet lag every day of the work week. But if you can keep your body on the same rhythm all week long, including the weekends, that's the best way to sort of optimize your health. He adds that meals are a good way to reset your clock. So if you travel and have jet lag, eat with the locals and your body clock will catch up. And farmers in Ukraine are seeing first and how the Russian Russian invasion has affected the export of grain to developing countries desperate for food. Russia launched missile attacks against the port city of Odessa within hours of signing a deal, saying it would allow grain shipments to leave three Ukrainian port cities. Patrick Ravel reports. Vyacheslav is a farmer close to the ports, watching to see if grain will start shipping. He's saying there's about 250 tonnes of grain from last year's harvest just sitting here. It's trapped because the ships aren't leaving the ports. He says even before the strike, he didn't trust Russia to uphold the deal. Russia insists its attacks did not hit any grain silos, only a docked warship and a warehouse filled with anti-ship missiles. Taking a look at sports, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Toronto Argonauts face off today at 5 o'clock. The Rough Riders have been dealing with a COVID outbreak that will keep some starters out of the game, and quarterback Cody Fajardo has a knee injury. Backup quarterback Mason Fine is a game-time decision due to COVID protocol. Global news sky tracker weather, mainly sunny with some clouds late in the afternoon and looking at a high of 28 today. Rain tonight and 13. Chance of showers tomorrow with a high of 21. Mix of sun and clouds in 23 on Tuesday and Wednesday expecting some more sunshine with a high of 29. It's 18 degrees at 10.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Christian Oldale. Welcome back to Last Duck Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. 
and I do have a Terry on the line. We're going to go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Yeah, good morning, Merle. I uh, just had a question regarding uh, pear trees. Yeah. Come in full blossom every year, and just not producing any fruit. And the other question I had was regarding uh, when's the best time to prune apple trees. So. Um, apple trees can get pruned um, right now is actually a great time because a lot of times you'll get a lot of new growth filling in, so it's a good time to, to thin them out and, and do any kind of shaping and things like that. And on your pear tree, the problem with the pears a lot of times is is that they're the first to bloom. And yeah. And so what happens, sometimes we get a little bit of a late frost. I got, I know my tree was loaded, and I probably got about 15 pears on it. Yeah. Um, but not tons. Um, and I think a lot of it is just that they're so early and there's a lot of the pollinators aren't out quite yet as well like we're not fully flush with bees and things like that at that time as well when they're early so Correct. yeah think, so, and somebody had mentioned about topping it or something or pruning it down from the top is that um only if you need to but like i said it's um it can be shaped a bit because if you do get lots of fruit on it it does weigh the branches down quite a bit so it doesn't hurt to thin them out and you can I wouldn't top them too much, though. Like, and if you do, only go down like until the diameter is like not much bigger than your pinky. You don't want to start cutting into bigger wood than that, um, unless you have to with dead, damaged, or diseased. But that's the biggest problem I find with the pears is that it's just that they're the very first to bloom, even before they leaf out. So they bloom. And a lot, like I said, a lot of the pollinators aren't going crazy out yet. And sometimes we get that early frost or a little bit late frost, sorry. And it makes it a little bit harder for those to get cross pollinated. Well, thank you very much, Ross. Terrific. Yeah. So that's, yeah, there's not a lot we can do as Mother Nature on those with the trees, but uh, just hope for the best and uh, hopefully get a good crop of pears here one of these years with it. Uh, if we can get a little bit, have them come out a little bit later. So keep them bark mulch makes a big difference too. Keeps them, hopefully holds them back a little bit from blooming too early. So Okay, great. Alrighty. Thank Thanks, you. Terry. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah, and they're beautiful. Like they're just gorgeous, um, pure white blooms. So love when the, when, the, when the pear trees bloom in early spring. And like I say, and then they get... My leaves go a little bit kind of bronzy. Like right now in the summer, they're more of a bronze color. I have the Paul pear um, in my yard right now, and it's, uh, I get that little bit of a brownie leaf on it a bit. And uh, it's looking good, though, but I got about 15, maybe 20 um, pears on it at the most, and it's about 10 feet high. So was hoping for a few more on there. But anyways, I'm going to go to... Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Hi. Hi. How can I help you? Okay. Um, you had me do an iron dredge, chelated iron dredge on my Swedish aspens in the spring. Yeah. And I still see them. They're better this year than they were last year, but I still see on the bottom leaves that, what do they call it when it's... When chlorotic. It's chlorotic? Chlorotic. Um, it, it's still there. And so I'm wondering if I should be giving more iron, yeah, more yes, regularity, yeah. or spraying it on the leaves, or whatever. 
Yeah, I would definitely give it a couple more soil drenches, a couple more waterings of um, the micronized iron supplement to help get the iron built up into the foliage. Because if they're fairly big aspens, it takes a bit to get up there and uh, help with all that foliage. Okay, so halfway up on one of them, I see this, and I'm laughing about the iron. I mean, there's a little, obviously a little bit of a crack up there, and there's uh, the rust is dripping down along the bark, and it's like, well, that's iron <laughs> coming out up there, <laughs> right? Yeah, they sweat out. Knowing this heat, you'll see your aspens will sweat, um, and uh, unfortunately, it brings in some some wasps and things like that sometimes onto our aspens because they, they sweat out the back of their leaves, they sweat out sugar, and then oh. you'll get wasps all over your all over your oh, aspens. Well, I'm okay with yeah. that way. It's just that I was thinking, well, the iron obviously is all the way up there, and it's leaking out, dripping down the, the yeah, block, and I is, thought, well, it's red. You know, it's red, and I've never had that before until I was giving it iron, so I thought... Yeah, that's a little bit of that, but it's mainly also just on the ooze. So that tells me that you're watering it enough, which is good. Um, um, But also, if you water too much with those, that that washes away a lot of the trace elements. So you will get it chlorotic, too, if you water too much. Okay, I'm not watering too much. So it would just have been how much rain. So I can continue giving iron to it um, regularly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like give it, like a, like every week or every second week or what? what yeah, what, every second week would be great. Okay, perfect. All right. Thank you very, thank you very much, Merle. Appreciate You're it. You're very welcome. Take Alrighty, care. Alrighty, bye bye. Bye bye. All right, and where I'm at for time, I'm good for a little bit. If you uh, again, if you want to join me, phone lines are open four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Good morning, Merle. I was wondering if you can help me. I got mini roses I bought at SAU on July sixth that aren't doing well, despite the regular slow watering fertilizer 2020. Um, Angela. Yeah, that is, yeah. What I would do is just try to get them into, um, just do a couple slow deep waterings in there. It looks like they just got, unfortunately, you probably hit the hardest time. And when you're transplanting, um, the the roses they don't like like a lot of plants don't like being transplanted in that really hot hot heat which we have had i would just ensure that you give it a little extra water put the hose down along the root of that and just give it a couple good soakings just let it soak in there really really well um that will make a big difference because i'm starting to see new growth on your pictures which is a good sign and just cut off those blooms that aren't looking very good on here, Angela, and uh, and you'll be fine. Just cut off those blooms that aren't looking good. A couple of those leaves, but I'm seeing lots of new growth already starting. So again, just give it a little bit of extra water on the bottom and uh, and then maybe fertilize with a 15, 30, 15, and you should see it looking really good. It should just uh, perk right up for you. All right? Hopefully that helps. And uh, because it's trying to sustain those old blooms, so you you want to make sure you take those off as well. All right. And uh, what do I got here? Hi, my rain barrel smells, and wondering why is it safe to use? Um, rain barrels are depends on where you are, and for the most part, if you're not using it for food um, grade stuff, like on your veggies and things like that, you'll be fine. Depends if you have 
if it's coming off your roof and you have a lot of birds, if you have a lot of bird poop in your um, eave troughs and that where the rain comes down and then into your barrel, I wouldn't use it on my on my food crops, but it's fine for all your plants and things like that. So I would just empty out the rain bell, barrel, utilize the water on your trees and shrubs and, uh, and your plants, and then I would just maybe give it a good cleaning out, hose it out, maybe give it a good scrub, get rid of any of the algae and that in there, and then let it, re- let it refill um, with good fresh water and see what happens there. But that should make a difference on that as well. All right. I think I'm going to take a quick break. If you want to join me, 403-974-8255. Phone lines are wide open. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Kim's going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Al. Good morning, Al. Hello, Merle. How can I help you? I texted you a picture of a maple leaf all curled up in black. Okay. Number was 4620. Yep. I see it here. Perfect. Okay. That, uh, yeah. Looks like you could have a little bit of fire blight on there. So this is the... What type of maple is that? that I believe is it's a Manitoba maple. Yeah. No, it's... um. This one's not the Manitoba maple, unless the leaf is so... Yeah, it's quite deformed out of it. Um, It looks like you got fire blight on this thing, which okay. is a little bit unusual for a maple. Um, I think this... Is there any way you could take a picture of the whole tree? Uh, yeah, um, I can. If, if possible, and then just retext it in, and I could answer on the line because I think um, I don't believe this is the maple, um, unless, like you said, the leaves are are I just this the shape with it's really quite round, so I'm thinking it might be something else. I just want to make sure I get the right diagnosis for you. Okay, um, I'll text it to you in a few minutes. Okay, if you could, that would be great, and then I'll have a look at that. And uh, and I can respond on text or on air. Okay. Thanks. For, thanks very much. Thank you. Thanks, Al. Bye bye. All right. Let's go to Rennie. Good morning, Rennie. Uh, good morning, Marl. Uh, I hope you got the cactus in one piece. But I have I two did. questions. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. That's um, so Rennie. Rennie has uh, um, let us uh, enjoy a cactus that she had in her house. She she donated it to our greenhouse. It's a beautiful, beautiful cactus. Love it. So I thank made you it so on much. one piece and in, in that good Absolutely. Shape. Yeah. No, it all made it. Good. It's sitting in the greenhouse. It's it's loving it. So good. I have two questions on two other plants. I have a um, a daylily, and it's a huge one. Blooms beautiful, and uh, all of a sudden. I found a worm on the ground on okay. my hardwood floor. What do I need to do? Um, well, the worm, you can use BTK is a is a great product for all that. If okay. you're kind of getting those little maggots in there, um, the BTK works really well for that. Okay. Did you just uh, another, you did some cut another, flowers? You just brought me? in a couple. You just cut off some flowers and, 
and brought them into the house or no no this this is uh inside one oh, okay Maybe oh, I'm warm. not calling it the right. I never know about these plants, all their names. I had so many. Okay. Um, is it a peace yeah, lily? Okay, peace lily. You get the white blooms that stick yes, out? Yes, I have, yeah. And, okay. uh, and it's been inside for quite a while. So do I need to transplant it because of the, uh, that no. it was, was laying on the hardwood floor? The, this worm sort of thing. Yeah. Or a little, looked like, does it look like a caterpillar or more like a worm? Oh, it looked like a worm. Huh. That is, uh, it's kind of weird that you got it into the soil unless it was in there from before. Okay. Because um, typically they would, uh, so what you might want to do is just do a soil drench with the BTK. Okay. So you can just mix a bit of that and then just water it through the pot. Just All water right. your plant, water your it's plant huge. first. Yeah. yeah, just water the plant first and then just do a soil drench with that and that should clear it right up. Okay. And one other question, if I may. I have also uh, a large aloe vera, and um, it's um, it's tipping a lot. It's doing beautiful, great big leaves on it, but I, I got it so much staked up with so many pieces of wood. How can I... Do I plant it in deeper or what? Yeah, somewhat. So that's my – actually, my wife, Carolyn, just did the same thing. Um, it it, it uh, she it was just multiplying like crazy. We had this in a big pot. So there was like one big mother one and probably had about 85 other little baby ones with it. Yeah. So what we did is she pulled it out, transplanted a bunch of the smaller ones, and then repotted the – the big one in the center of the pot just to stabilize it. Okay, because and you it, still need was, to stake it up, right? Well, Always? no. It, when you re, no, when you retransplant it into the it, into a proper size pot, because uh -huh. you re-straighten it into the pot, um, right? it should be fine. Yeah. Okay, because the trunk is as big as my risk. Yeah, so probably get a like you need like a twenty or twenty-four inch pot. All right. Okay, and someday I'm. Uh, I'm going to send you a picture of my clevia when it blooms again. My huge okay. clevia. Yeah, look Thank forward you, to it. Those are gorgeous. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs> Keep up the good work. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I did get the second text from Al, and that is a hot wings maple. And they will get that. Um, it looks like a bit of a fungus on there. So if you can... Just try and remove that, Al, and just make sure you water this really well. Give it a shot of Rage Plus, and uh, and it, it's, I'm just trying to think on the leaf on that. So it's not a Manitoba maple. That's why I, I thought it was the Hot Wings, but I just wanted to make sure. Um, so it's a Hot Wings maple. So you're going to get all that red. So what happens is that they get all their wings come out at this time. So it also creates... Um, Somewhat of a, and we haven't had a lot of rain, so it's a little bit unusual when we have that. Uh, it holds a lot of the moisture in the foliage because it thickens up the tree a lot. So you will get a little bit of sometimes some foliage damage when you do have these at this time. And they're very susceptible to that. So I really don't think much is wrong with it, Al. You should be good. Give it a shot of Rage Plus. Um, pull off any of those um discolored leaves if you can that that's what i would do and other than that i think you should be fine and this insurance getting that good slow deep watering too because they're sending out all kinds of 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 the hot wings the the little uh 
the little seed pods that turn red that give it that beautiful hot wing look and and then the foliage so they just need that little excess of water at this time as well so just ensure you're watering it really good al and you should be good to go and i got enough time to do another call i'm going to go to ken good morning ken yes good morning how can uh, I, help I have you? a question for you about fertilizer i'm using your spruce it up fertilizer and i fertilized uh the third week of may and was wondering when do I do my next application? Yeah, right now is sort of when you want to do it. You typically go a third less than what you did in the in the spring, and then one okay. more time in the fall, like in September, another third less. Okay. Now, should you overseed at this time or just in the spring? Um, I prefer doing it just in the spring, but if you if you have some bare patches, um, now is a good time to do it as well. Okay. Um, just ensure that you, you water. It's a little hotter because right now it's, in the spring it's wetter and a little bit cooler, so it's easier for the grass to germinate. Okay. It's just when, we, when you're trying to do it now, we're heading into our dry season, and it's a little harder to get seeds to germinate. So just you got to ensure that you water a lot more. Okay. And my second right. question, my second yep. question is on a Japanese peony. I sent okay. you a picture. Now this okay. peony, it's nine years old. And I used to get when when I used to get probably fifteen buds on it. And the last two years they came up and this year I got like six buds and it never got any higher than maybe a foot and a half and that was it. And okay. I don't know what's wrong with it. Is it just Is it getting less the light than normal? No, it's in exactly the same sunny spot as it as it always has been. Okay, this year you probably got just because it we're, our, it seems like our seasons have shifted a little bit. Like this past year, for sure, made a little worse. Like we had a lot later spring, um, and the and the Japanese the fern leaf um, peonies always come up a lot earlier than the other peonies. Right. So typically, so when we have that earlier cool weather, it's a little bit harder for it to adjust. So you're going to get a little bit of that. Um, less. so just ensure that do a really good cleanup this fall of it um, and pull away just dig down make sure there's no dead debris in that and then just cover it good for winter um, fertilize it with a 15-30-15 and right now is a perfect time to do that because you want to regenerate the bulb Okay. So so that way you're getting the phosphate in there so that way it has the nutrients, the trace elements to send out more more blooms next spring. So so fertilize it once a week for the next two or three weeks here with a high middle number, like a 15, 30, 15, or okay. 10, 52, 10. And uh, that should make all the difference as well. Okay, great. Thank you very much for your help. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You too, now. All right. And pretty much... I got one more. I probably got time for one more. Um, hi, Merle. I planted a rose bush in the wrong spot a couple of years ago, and obviously it needs to be moved to thrive. Can I move it now on a cool morning, Aaron? Um, you can, but really make sure you get a, a good-sized root ball on it and, and try and have a pot or something um, in place and have your hole on the other side ready to go. And and use a product um, like a Rage Plus or the mics to really help get the roots going. 
roots going well first thing and uh and then give that a try but yeah do it early in the morning on a cool day um definitely not mid-afternoon on these plus 30 days you will have no luck at all all right i'm gonna take a quick break if you want to join me after the break phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr It's sunny and 23 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Christian Oldale. Pope Francis is expected to arrive at Edmonton International Airport shortly before 1130 this morning. He will have been flying for over 10 hours hours on a direct flight from Rome when his state-owned Italian A330 touches down at EIA. His delegation will total about 120 people, including 35 members of the Vatican staff and 75 Vatican-accredited media personnel from around the world. Now in a wheelchair, the Pope will be deplaned with an ambulift. The official arrival ceremony will be brief and should be Pope Francis greeted, but could, should see Pope Francis greeted by Governor General Mary Simon, the Prime Minister, Premier Jason Kenney, and others, including Indigenous leaders and Canadian Archbishops. From 10 to 7, the official UCP leadership candidate list has been released. On the list, Leela here, Brian Jean, Todd Lowen, Rajan Sani, Rebecca Schultz, Daniel Smith, and Travis Taves, who the party says they've all met the requirements. All seven are expected to speak in a debate on Wednesday in Medicine Hat. Another is set for August 30th in Edmonton. Repair work is now complete for TC Energy's Keystone Pipeline system. On Sunday, the company reported there was damage done from a third party to the power supply to a facility. They were still able to keep systems running while repair work was being done, but at a reduced rate. They they say they can now safely resume normal operations. And Russian Defense Ministry officials are insisting that an airstrike on, the, airstrike on the port of Odessa, less than a day after Russia and Ukraine signed an agreement on resuming grain shipments from there, only, only hit military targets. The ministry spokesman said Saturday's attack destroyed a docked Ukrainian warship and a warehouse containing anti-ship missiles. Global News Sky Tracker weather mainly sunny with some clouds late in the afternoon and a high of 28 today. Rain tonight and 13. Chance of showers tomorrow with a high of 21. Mix and sun of clouds in 23 on Tuesday, and Wednesday expect more sunshine with a high of 29. It's 23 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11 o'clock. I'm Christian Oldale. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and uh, got a quick text. Good morning. In previous weeks, you've mentioned a calcium additive or supplement for tomatoes. What is the product called and would be best to use? Um, right now, as actually really probably when you want to start using that calcium supplement in some of your, especially if you're growing the larger tomatoes, like the beefsteaks, the aromas, that's where you get that blossom and rot and the one of the good one is we have one that this is a straight calcium supplement it's made by evolve and then the evolve fertilizers the tomato fertilizer actually has a calcium supplement in it so you don't need to have two things if you're just using the evolve tomato food you'll have the calcium built right in and that helps prevent that blossom and rot and that's when your tomatoes get uh on the bottom of them, and when you're growing the bigger ones, they get that uh, um, just sort of rots on the bottom of a, of your tomato. A lot of times it's from inconsistent watering and lack of calcium. So anyways, if you, if you want to use that, I think you'd be in good shape. It'll definitely help. Going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Colin. Good morning, Colin. 
Hey, Merle. I just thought I'd call in today and thank you for some advice you gave me a couple months back. Um, I have a kind of a <clears throat> perennial flower garden in our backyard that I really do nothing about, and you okay. throwing some 50-30-15 on it. Yeah. And what I actually did, the product I bought, it came in like three little bags separated, so I just poured them in my... Uh, I have rain barrels connected to a yeah. watering, like a soaker hose that's buried in the mulch, and it yeah. goes around all my plants. I have never seen my garden as beautiful as it is. I can't even walk through it anymore. It's so full of green. <laughs> the flowers awesome. are, like, so huge. And uh, I actually... question I had, except you already answered it, um, I was wondering if I could do it again, and so I just mixed one the other day and back in the same barrels, and then you yeah. said it's okay because then I'll start getting... It'll help with the flowering now. Yeah, and then oh, yeah. it'll help build up the... incredible the, this year. See, and that's the thing. If you feed, and that's a lot of times I see people like, with their annuals, and and we sell a lot of baskets to different restaurants, right? Yeah. And and I like to give, give Jay a bit of a kudos. So he's over at Kildare's, and uh, he he fertilizes these deadheads, and his baskets look amazing. Like, you go sit on his patio out there. But he looks after him, so I'll get some of the other guys will send me pictures and say, oh, my baskets are dead or don't look good. I said, well, you yeah. got to fertilize. This is and, – and we do because our soil and, – and you just seen the difference. Our soil doesn't have a lot of organic matter in it, right? We have those three or yeah. four inches of topsoil, and then we get clay. It's just, it's just substance. Yeah. There's nothing there. Yeah. So when you feed your plants had- and do those things, it makes all the difference. So – like when we first got the house, we added a bunch of dirt, and then I put about probably four or five inches of uh, coconut bark on top of it as the mulch. Yep. Kind of really all I did. I haven't really done much. We've added, you know, I've transplanted some plants in, but yeah, I was absolutely blown away um, how incredibly different it is. Like everything, the colors are brighter, the greens, everything, just amazing. No, and your plants are are thanking you as well. So good yeah. job, Colin. Good job. Well, very happy to hear that, and uh, enjoy your garden, and keep up the good work. Awesome. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Thanks, Colin. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's great to hear that, too, and it, it does make a difference, and I I remember I used to do a bunch of landscaping um, for a home builder out in Bear Spa, and he'd go, how come my, all my clients' yards look so good? Because I'd always push, we'd do an irrigation system, and then we'd also set them up on a, on a fertilizer program. And he didn't want the irrigation system at first until he's seen um, how good everybody else's plants looked and things like that. Those are just insurance um, things like like a, a watering system, just ensuring that your plants that you just spent a ton of money are getting watered properly. And then just feeding their plants. You don't have to go crazy feeding them, but you give them a couple shots. Like Colin said, he, he watered them once with that 15, 30, 15 um, good water-soluble fertilizer into the root system like that, and he's enjoying the the effort that he put in on just doing that one time. So, so good job, and uh, and it does make a difference. Deadheading and fertilizer at this time of year, those are just fun things that you can do out in the garden. I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Susan. Good morning, Susan. Hi, Susan. Hi, how are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, yes, I have a dusting of white mold on my lawn in my backyard, and I was just wondering how do I get rid of it? Um, a lot of it is just kind of you probably it's probably in the shadier part. I'm assuming 
No, it's not. It's all in the sunny parts. Huh. And, and sunshade. Yeah, because it, it it's this time of year, it, you could maybe come from the shade and maybe when you mow it, it gets spread. So I'd probably, I don't know how much you're watering, but you might want to water a little bit less. Less? It's usually, yeah, and just maybe okay. don't keep the grass as long. Yeah, I don't keep it long, and I mow late. Lately, I've been um, doing the mulching because I put the green it up on it, yeah. and then I also put grass seed down on okay. the spots where the um, my son's dog was peeing. Yeah. So yeah, that's what so, I did. And I was watering. I like water first thing in the morning, and that's okay. it. Okay. Yeah, it just it could, could it be maybe a little bit of fungus in the shadier part, and when you mow it. It does get spread into the into the other. It should just go away, like especially in this heat that we've had the last little bit. I, I would okay. assume that it's just going to go away. I wouldn't worry too much about it, um, unless you start seeing pretty heavy. Um, okay. We usually and we're having humidity right now, like which we usually don't get in Calgary. We've sort of got the perfect storm, and that's why we're seeing some fire blight, and we'll start seeing some mushrooms and things like that. And those funguses, it's just when we get this higher humidity and and a little bit of maybe a little extra water in some of those shadier spots. But I typically wouldn't worry about it in Calgary. Um, it, it usually okay. becomes not a problem. And then just in the, in the fall, just make sure you don't leave the grass too long because that's where a lot of that snowmobile um, grows. Okay. And then and then it leaves the spores there in the summer. So then if you are watering a little bit more, that activates those spores and gets them going. So Um I do my grass about maybe 3 inches. Okay, that's probably a, Yeah, that's a little bit long. Um sort of maybe go to maybe lower it a little bit. Okay. Go to about 2 and a half, try that. And should I still be mulching or should I go back to using my bag right now? No, I like to mulch. Just try to maybe mow a little more often so the so the blades aren't too long. You know, okay. like so you don't get clumps of, of grass in your in your lawn. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's the like I mulch all the time as well. I prefer it. But I just I make sure I try to mow a little bit more often so I don't get big clumps or or too much thatch going. So okay. I maybe try and mow, like I said, every four days or something. And, and then it's a lot easier. You don't get no clumps. You can go right over it, choose it up. You don't see any remnants underneath your lawnmower. So. Okay. And um, would it be best for me to um, get my lawnmower blade sharpened if it's absolutely. not sharpened enough? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good sharp tools, including your lawnmower blades, makes all the difference. Good clean cuts. Um, you'll see it. Your grass won't look as brown either if you get that because you get the nice cuts. You're not tearing your grass; you're cutting it. Okay. Makes all the difference. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Thank Thanks, you very Susan. much. Thanks. Okay. Bye bye. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. If you want to join me, phone lines are open four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Coverage Year-Round Full Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh actually just got a text from uh, Murray. 
he was uh, good morning Merle just want to thank you for the for the pepperoni and the spider plants um, we were at the dogs baseball game on Friday night and we were giving away plants and uh, some coupons for our green it up because we are the official fertilizer supplier of uh, the Okotoks dogs uh, baseball field and it looks really really good they have a great turf team out there and uh and the superintendent of the field there he said he's really really quite impressed since they switched over to our fertilizer this year um this creates those deep roots so it's good for sports fields or if you have kids things like that it just fills in nice and thick so uh so the okotoks dogs baseball field are enjoying the the remnants of our green it up lawn fertilizer on the turf out there in the field and it looks fabulous looks nice and green so um we were impressed and we had a lot of fun out there on friday night um we had the t-shirt cannon going beach balls baseball hats yeah, it was lots of fun let's go to the phone line we're going to go to bert good morning bert yeah good morning we have a beautiful vegetable garden and one of the vegetables we're trying to grow is kurabi the tops are fantastic but the part that grows the beautiful fruit the bulb hasn't shown any sign any signs am i being impatient or should i be putting on some high number uh, fertilizer yeah i would use i probably use a bit more of the you could probably use like a 20 20 20 on that Okay. Just to help push it along, because sometimes those ones take a little bit longer to, and with this heat, you should start seeing something coming pretty soon here. Because okay. usually end of July, August, when we see a lot of those um, fruit formations, those vegetable formations, okay. come to fruition. But a little extra shot of twenty 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 would be perfect for that. And there's no need to to thin it out any. Just leave it until I see some results. Yeah, absolutely. All right, what about uh, we have our carrots all covered up for the fruit fly. When is it time to take the covers off? Well, yeah, that's always – this year I find everything's later. Like everything's a couple weeks late. Like even like with the leaf hoppers, I haven't really seen a ton of them yet. Okay. But they're just starting. Like I was mowing the grass yesterday, and I just started seeing the little <laughs> leaf hoppers in the grass. So it's a little bit behind. So I um, – yeah, so again, with those, I would leave it on um, for for a while yet. Fantastic. And, uh, well, listen, thanks, Merle. You're doing a great service, and once again, thank you. Hey, you know, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I I totally enjoy, and I love when people call in, and uh, it makes it all go together. It's all good. right, then. Have a great day. Thanks, Bert. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I don't know where these bugs have come from lately, because I know um, gardening with my mom um back in the day we never ever had any issues with uh these little pests so much like on our carrots and our our spinach was always great our swiss chard we didn't have those leaf miners and uh so anyways i guess the more we import from other countries different things um we start getting these other pests that come and uh, attack our our plants right now I'm going to just take a quick break. If you want to join me for the last segment, we do have some spots open. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening, and the phone number is 403-974-8255. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning, Merrill. I have or had a double-flowering plum 
It was a bush okay. that I actually grew into a tree. And okay. it was three quarters dead this year. It's, so we decided it's time for it to go. So we cut it off just at the root. And there was a bunch of suckers. So I yep. thought, well, I'll just let the suckers go and maybe it'll for, go into a nice little bush. Well, I guess suckers don't turn into bushes, do they? Because they're really spindly. It will. So what you can do is just trim it again this year. Just trim off the maybe six inches off the top. Uh-huh. And just going to do a little shaping. Okay. And that's just a rejuvenation. I actually had the same thing. Like they they will do that. They get that as they get bigger, they'll sometimes, because they're quite a hardwood. Right. They'll get that winter desiccation if they maybe went to bed in the fall a little bit dry. Right. Um, so really what you did is just rejuvenate it. So right down to the ground, right. it'll send up. So just shape it a little bit, okay. like even right now. Yep, that's and what I've been doing, and that just keeps growing <laughs> taller. Yeah, it'll thicken up. No, nope, okay. but you should. But then, then you want to leave it here pretty soon because hopefully it'll set buds and you'll get some blooms next spring. Oh, okay, that's perfect. And I have several mini rose bushes that I plant outside, and they come back every mm-hmm. year, and they're just delightful. But somebody's munching on the leaves. What should I be putting around them? Um, I try and have a look at it if it's sort of caterpillars BTK mm-hmm. or uh, the other product Pure Spray Green. And roses really like it because it also works as a fungicide. So if you happen to get any of that powdery mildew okay. or anything on your roses, um, Pure Spray Green works very good for roses. Pure Spray Green, did you say? Pure Spray Green, yeah. Pure okay. Spray Green. Yep. Okay, I'll be down to get some today. Sounds good. Perfect. Thanks very much. Thanks, Diane. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'm going to go to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. I have some uh, tumblers, tomatoes that are doing fantastic. And then I've got the Sweet 100s. A lot of blooms, but no tomatoes. Yeah, it's it's it seems to be. I have the same. Mine are just starting to, to form. my. I got lots of blooms, too. Um, are you seeing lots of bees and stuff? I, I haven't, I'm seeing less right now and they say there's lots out there, but I'm not seeing as many pollinators. So I'm hoping that, uh, in the heat here, we'll start seeing the, some pollinators a bit more start coming out. And, or, should, uh, or should I get a paintbrush and start pollinating? Myself? Yeah, you can try that too. Yeah. Just get a really nice soft bristle brush and, and then go from bloom to bloom and do help them out a little bit that way. But yeah, I'm seeing the same thing. Minor dish. I probably got three or four tomatoes, and they're just starting. So it's definitely a little bit later this year. Okay, thank you for your time. All right, thanks, Jack. Take care. Bye bye. All right, and let's go to Jim. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Merle. Uh, Merle, I, I called you? in. I heard you mention uh, leaf hoppers, and I presume you're talking about chinch bugs in the grass. Um, no, have... these are these are like a little mini. Um, they're just they're, they're leaf hoppers. They're almost like tiny, tiny, like a miniature, tiny, tiny grasshopper almost. And okay. they get in behind and they go up and they love going after like Virginia creepers. And they get in your lawn and they just suck all the juices of the Virginia creeper, all your vines and different things. Well, I have them in the lawn. It's going brown in patches. Uh... The yeah. size of six by six patches all over the lawn, and uh, I I don't want these to merge together and have no lawn. Uh, what do you recommend for a treatment? I would rec I would recommend the cinch bug. We have the nematodes for that, 
Um, so give it a good raking, and then yet we have the applicator. You can buy the it's that comes in a ball actually, and then you mix it with water. But you need to applicate, kind of get a rough idea how many square feet you got before you come in, so you yeah. know what you need to buy. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll for how many? Uh, measure it off. We're we're on a, uh, a north facing slope, and it's not a huge backyard, so I'll, okay, I'll... yeah. And so this, and then just you got this got to. Uh, you can apply the nematodes or you can use um, the pure spray green as well. So there's a couple of products that you can use. Okay. On a slope, the nematodes might work good for you. Um, they stay in place a little bit better. So, Okay. All righty. Well, that's my question. I thank you for the answer. I'll pop in uh, first of the week. Sounds good. Thanks, Jim. Bye-bye. For, thank you. Bye-bye. All right. And I got one more call. We're going to go to Greg. Go on to Greg. Hi, Greg. Uh, hi. Hi, Merle. How are you doing? Good, good. How uh, can I help you? I've got a cherry tree in my backyard. Okay. And uh, the roots are growing out, and then all of a sudden I've got trees growing out of the roots, you know, 10 feet away from the tree itself. Is there some way that I could cut these off? Like, these, these things are like three feet tall. I'd like to cut, the, cut them off and then replant them somehow. Somebody said you could, you could do that. You could try. Um, again, you want to do it um, probably more early spring or in the fall, but probably spring. Is it one of the Schubert cho choke cherries, the ones that start out green and then turn purple? No, it's just a, or, an actual. Or, yeah. But what yeah, type this, of cherry? This thing's got suckers all over the yard. Like I, I take the, the suckers out and the divots and I give those to people, but other than. Other than that, I've got a couple of bushes where the roots are, and yeah. somebody said you could actually t take and uh, sharpen the thing like a wedge, and then find a, like a poplar tree and uh, like cut it off, and then split it and put it in there. Can you do that? Well, you could try grafting into that something like that. I know into a poplar. Um, what would you do it into then? Um, I definitely try and find another like a, like a Schubert chokecherry or some sort of prunus family. Um, yeah. Do that um, with those though. They're pretty like I said. I'm just curious. It must be a is it a Schubert or a Mayday? Like oh, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> okay, what size cherries are you getting? Just those tiny little berries sort of thing. Oh uh, yeah, they're like about three quarters of an inch or so, a little bit bigger. Okay, okay. So you're getting decent sized little cherries on it. So. Um, yeah, it, uh, th that's another thing. Like half the tree has green, and the other half there's uh, just the uh, just the branches itself there. Yeah. So it sounds like, and that's why you're getting so many suckers. It sounds like it's suffering. So do a little bit more deep root fertilizer and watering, and that will help prevent a bunch of the suckering. But I got to go, Greg. Thanks for calling in, okay. and. Just want to thank everybody for listening today. Thanks for all your participation, and we'll get our garden on next week here on 770 CHQR.